0: Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time. Well, the assault or abuse of children is an incredibly difficult topic to to address and to hear. But the hard fact is it must be addressed in order to prevent these kinds of crimes. We have to think about it, talk about it, and we got to take action. And if we don't, the predators will continue to win. And I don't believe that we're willing to let that happen. Well hello everybody and welcome to Profiling Evil Academy Season 3 in this episode on child abuse. Now if you're one of my university students or a returning Profiling Evil channel member, Thanks so much for supporting the Academy and thanks so much for doing all you can to help spread the word about profiling evil. I hope you'll take a moment and hit that like and subscribe button and ring the bell so you're getting your notifications and you're staying up to date when we release new information. Keeping kids safe is the responsibility of all of us. Um, Predators are often patient and they'll spend a great deal of time in grooming their next victim just in hopes of keeping them quiet and making them compliant. Grooming is what experts call the intentional actions and behaviors used by these predators to gain access to children. Children that they want to molest or, or abuse in some way. People often think that predators pick their child victims at random or that we only need to focus on stranger danger, but most child sexual abusers know and have some sort of relationship with their victims. Now, I want you, if you have a moment to go back and look at some of my videos, like on Glenn Maxwell and and Jeffrey Epstein, there's going to be a number of those on on our content list that talk about the abuse of children. But these predators have one goal, and it's very simple. It's the only reason for their efforts at grooming, and it's to gain access to our children. They want to hide their actions and decrease the risk of being discovered and stopped. Now, I'm going to refer to another video that I created on grooming tactics, and I think you're going to find a number of links in the description below where you can explore this crime problem in more detail. Again, it's just to gain their trust and to create situations where they can abuse them. Grooming can take many forms, but most predators seem to follow a five-step process. First, these predators identify vulnerable and accessible children. These predators will engage in peer-like activities where they're trying to connect with the child. They'll slowly and deliberately look for opportunities to desensitize the child to touching or doing things like playing touching games or tickling. Then they're going to isolate the child both emotionally and physically. And when they do assault a child, they're going to make the child feel like they're responsible for the abuse that occurred. Well, let's learn a little more about a serial predator that I spent hundreds of hours interviewing. In the end, we determined that this guy probably sexually abused more than 500 children over a 35-year period of time. After spending a number of years in prison, he agreed to share with me some of his grooming tactics, the tactics that he found to be successful. And I don't share these as a tutorial, but I share them for uh, each of us to think about and recognize behaviors that might help us protect those that we love. Oliver Garish was a six foot three, 270 pound pedophile who sexually assaulted more than 500 children in the United States. His preferential victims were prepubescent females, but his victims included a three-year-old child. Pedophilia is a psychiatric disorder where an adult or an older adolescent experience a primary or exclusive sexual attraction to prepubescent children. These are boys and girls who typically are under the age of age 12. In order for the predator to be classified as a pedophile, most experts suggest that they need to be at least 16 years old and they need to be at least 5 years older. Than the victim. The term pedophilia comes from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which defines it as an intense and recurrent sexual urge, including fantasies about prepubescent children. Now there's other groups that classify it, like the International Classification of Diseases, who defines the disorder as a sustained, focused, and intense pattern of sexual arousal manifest by persistent sexual thoughts, fantasies, urges, or behaviors, but again, involving prepubescent children. Pop culture simply classifies it as any sexual interest in children or the act of child sex abuse, and there's a problem there. The experts recommend caution when we throw terms like this around because some sexual crimes against children are not caused by pedophiles. A pedophile has a primary or exclusive interest in prepubescent children. Now let's talk about Oliver Ben Garish for a minute. Garish, who went by the nickname Big Ben, was diagnosed as a pedophile. Over the course of his criminal history, he was arrested numerous times. He served a short period of time in prison before being released. But over and again, this guy would talk his way out of arrests, or just get short prison terms or or jail sentences. His last conviction was in 1985, and that was the time when they proved he was a serial predator and they took it serious. He remained in prison until his death in 2001. In fact, a little interesting side note, when he died, the warden called me up and said that he had willed all of his personal property over to me, which included his diaries, were all of his deviant thought were. It's really quite interesting to read. Well, I spent hundreds of hours interviewing this offender and ultimately got confessions from him on nearly 525 sexual assaults of children. His crimes reached from Utah to Missouri and then south to Arkansas. I remember asking him about how he got out of trouble so many times and he just smiled and said, I appear honest to the cops, and they believe me. Well, toward the end of his personal reign of terror, Garish discovered that befriending people from faith communities was the easiest way for him to access their children. He took advantage of their trusting attitudes and their personal goodness and values, and he turned it against them. By acting like he wanted to convert to their faith, the doors would fly open and the children would become accessible. Listen as Ben Garrish describes some of his crimes. Now, this video was taken many years ago I, at a time when I was using Garrish to train police investigators. I would actually take him out of prison and take him to conferences where I would have him teach investigators how predators think. I think you're going to find this interesting as you see how investigators were trained in the dynamics of investigating and then interviewing serial sexual predators of children.
1: I'm Oliver Garish. Before I get started, I want to say that I'm a participant in a Phase Three Sex Offender Program at SSD Down to Utah State Prison. While everybody else was having fun up the house, Billy grabbed Cindy told me, come on, let's go down to the bar and show you something new. And that's where I learned to molest little girls. Later on, several weeks later, I was raped at school, hurt quite bad. My dad got all embarrassed about it. Instead of coming to my aid, literally, I got beat again, called stupid, told if I was a real boy this wouldn't have happened. Dad hushed it up at school, took me out of town to a major teaching center, hospital, where they closed that area up uh, surgically. It's been closed ever since. I eventually molested a young girl. Viciously attacked the young girls, perhaps a better way of saying that. Seven-year-old girl, Dragged her off her bicycle into a restroom. At a gas station, forced her to do oral sex on me. Threatened to find her home and burn it down with her and her family in it, if she ever told. To her credit, she told. I got arrested. The child will trust you, and they'll open right up to you then. I had a child tell me her father was molesting her, because I was on a one-on-one level with her. And then I did the same. Get your children comfortable with talking with you. Define for them very clearly. You've heard the good touch, the bad touch. Beware of the stranger. I think I would take it a little bit further. Tell them to beware of any touching that's under the clothing or in the genital area, regardless of who does it. Okay, I targeted ages from three to 13. Had five male victims approximately 500 female victims. The question is, along those same lines, could I look at any child without any sexually deviant or otherwise thoughts in my head? To this day, at this time, no. The thoughts still occur. They come back. But the thing I'm learning in therapy is not that the thoughts come back, but what I do with them. Uh, She wants to know, basically, If I were released to an unrestricted setting, how dangerous would I be due to the therapy I've gone through? I think I would be dangerous, and that's a realistic appraisal of myself at this point in time. I saw Cindy accidentally, in fact. I was in Chicago on a business trip and saw her in a mall, and she handled it quite well. She she really unloaded on me, which was her right, but said she'd gotten over it, and we never met again from that point on. Billy Gage, the guy that molested me, committed suicide, took a coward's way out. Drove his car into a bridge abutment in Chicago at age 22 at over 100 miles an hour. The question is, how do I see my future as a result of this? I have agonized over that for a long time for coming up here today. And to be absolutely blunt with you, I don't think I have a future. Were you confronted on a body you victims by police? I had... Out of the 500, I had seven times I was arrested. And uh, of those seven, that's not 85 and 82, okay? Seven others, nine altogether. Of those seven, I walked on all of them. Do you know where the police went wrong? Yeah, they believed me. Were my desires so strong that had I had my own children, would I have abused them? Yes, I probably would have. I had no limits. Knowing myself better than anybody else, if I were on a pro board, would I now let myself out at this time? No, I would not. You're welcome. Mr. King? Uh, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't give any final statements because I didn't do oh, I uh, don't know what to give for a final statement. <laughs> I have no idea. Last time I gave a final statement, I got six to life. <laughs>
0: I also worked with Garish to share publicly how parents can protect their children from people like him. Listen closely as he speaks to reporter Paul Murphy of KTVX news in Salt Lake city.
1: Tonight on news for Utah,
2: how can parents protect their kids from abuse learn from a man who molested more than 500 children, a story no parent should miss.
1: And now
0: news for Utah. At
3: 5:30, the average child
1: molester strikes 300 victims before he's caught. So how can you protect your children?
0: A serial molester will tell you, and his story is absolutely frightening.
3: It's a mask. it's a facade. and what? It's a superb actor. And he comes to get what he wants. He is
0: every parent's worst nightmare, and he is our top story.
1: A man who befriends a family only to abuse the children. He's done it hundreds of times, and now he wants to warn parents about how he got away with it.
0: News for Utah's Paul Murphy joins us now. Paul, this guy has done so much damage. Why does he want to help now?
2: Well, Randall, he says he's had a change of heart, and that change came after many years in prison. <laughs> when you're not watching your children, someone else might be. This man we'll call John was looking until he finally got caught.
3: Well, the first thing I think is very important for the parents to realize is that the molester is not the stereotype that is given in the media nowadays, quote, the dirty old man in a park with a candy bar. More likely, he's a family friend. A molester, like myself, I used guile. You know, I came on as a friend when I really wasn't. I was their worst enemy. And uh, (laughs) trickery and lies, all that kind of stuff
2: or a babysitter
3: parents would bring in their children and tell them now you do what john doe here says make mommy and daddy proud of you from that instant on i owned their children they totally disempowered those children by using those children like that after i was through molesting them all i had to do was say okay you've been real good mom and dad are really going to be proud of you so i tell you what I'll go ahead and tell your mom and dad this for you, you know, how good you've been, so don't worry about it. And none of them ever talked.
2: Is there anything a parent can do to protect their children from someone like you? I mean, you sound very
3: devious. I am. Yes, they can, but they've got to be aware of what's going on around them at all times. What would you look for in a victim? Basically, I look for a child with very low self-esteem. Generally, in a picture of 30 or 40 children, there'll be at least three or four of them looking down, standing in a closed body position. Those, that tells me instantly there's something going on in that child's life. Either they're lonely, they're hurting, or somebody may have molested them already.
2: And John speaks from experience. He says he's molested as many as 500 children.
3: That's an awful lot of sorrow.
2: But he was only convicted twice. As a parent, I'm not very encouraged by what I've heard from you.
3: Those are cold hard facts. And I don't know what else to tell you.
2: You're scaring the hell out of me. Good, and it's working. John even has some advice for parents. He says parents should know where their children are at all times. Do criminal checks on all caregivers. Have frank talks with your kids so they will be comfortable talking when someone acts inappropriately. But do we really want to get advice from a child molester? Tonight at 10, I'll show you how police are using John, like the FBI used Hannibal Lecter in the movie Silence of the Lambs. I'm offering you a psychological profile in Buffalo Bill based on the case evidence. The catching a look at how John is teaching police how to catch child molesters tonight at 10.
1: Disturbing is an understatement on this story, Paul. Um, does he have any advice for kids?
2: Run and scream like the dickens. He says a lot of his these kids got away from him just by doing that.
0: Well, here's my question for you folks. Do you think a serial child sex abuser can be rehabilitated and safely returned to society? This is a difficult subject and it generates a lot of emotion in us as we think about this kind of abuse happening to the most vulnerable among us, our children. In most circumstances, we can keep our kids safe. This can seem like a daunting task, but just keep in mind that the most important thing that you can do to protect your children is to pay attention, to be actively involved, and make informed decisions about things that could affect their safety. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to prevent your child from going anywhere or from doing anything. Instead, use common sense. Pay close attention. Pay close attention to the people that are paying close attention to your children. Set appropriate boundaries and stay alert. So, here's my question, folks. What are your thoughts on this subject? After this little discussion, do you feel more frightened or more empowered? I'm going to be watching for your answers down below, and I hope you'll take time to read each other's comments, respond to each other, and together, let's learn and grow together. Now, I hope you're enjoying Season 3 of Profiling Evils Academy. We've been discussing criminal behavior in deeper detail. Make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button and ringing the bell so you're getting all of our notifications. And don't forget to check us out on Profiling Evil Podcasts, on profilingevil.com, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Instagram. Go back and watch some of our previous videos on other videos that we've done in the Academy series. I think you're going to find a lot to learn from. And above all, be vigilant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon at the next crime scene. Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years. And one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing. But you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time.